Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to City Church Online. My name is Drake, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us, man. It's such a joy to get to do this every week and to tune in with you on our live stream. So let us know that you're there in the chat as you're tuning in, whether you're on Facebook Live or on our online streaming platform. Hey, why don't you let us know what's your favorite hobby, maybe specifically in the summer. Let us know in the chat, what's your favorite hobby? hobby. And as you're interacting there, we want you to know that we're glad that you're here. We love to hear from you, and we are here for you. And so any way that we can serve you, use those buttons that are popping up, use that digital connection card, uh, text the numbers on the screen, whatever format is helpful for you. We're trying to do everything we can to help you get connected and stay connected. And so a a couple of things that I want to celebrate. You can stay up to date on all things City Church by uh, checking out all of our, our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and you can follow here on the handle. And all the updates, a lot of cool things come out on our Instagram on a weekly basis. Also some great stuff that comes out to keep you encouraged. And so we'd love for you, if you don't already follow us on those two platforms, we'd love for you to do that just so you can stay up to date with what's going on and share those things as they come out. One of the cool things happening in this season is we're beginning to pilot what we're calling City Church House Campuses. And so as we kind of navigate this COVID season and what's appropriate when it comes to gathering. We have city groups meeting in homes on a weekly basis, and they're a great way to get connected relationally and grow spiritually. But we also are beginning to pilot what we're calling house campuses, which are groups of 10 and under that are meeting in homes on Sunday mornings to watch the live stream service together, to sing together, and to connect on a more relational basis. And so uh, think of what could happen on a weekend, but in someone's home on a much smaller scale. And so if you're interested in connecting to a house campus, you can text the word house to the number on the screen, and we would love to follow up with you and help you get connected in one of the house campuses that are happening on a weekly basis. So uh, as we get into the conversation today, man, I'm, I'm so excited because we've been in the book of Colossians, and it's been so good that last week I was supposed to cover 10 verses, and I only got through one, and it was awesome, and it was really, really helpful, and I introduced the concept of living in the messy middle. And so I I introduced four thoughts, if you will, on living in the messy middle. And because of the time crunch that we were in, I was only able to give you one of those four thoughts. And so no worries, because we're going to finish the other nine verses today. And I'm going to move a little quicker than I did last week to help us get through them. But man, they're going to be super, super helpful. So if you weren't tuned in last week, you can go back and and check out the initial challenge, the setup, if you will, of what it means to live in the messy middle of loving our neighbors and loving God and kind of living in that tension, especially in light of recent events and everything going on in our nation. And, uh, And as we just press in and operate this uncomfortable season, there's a messy middle I think we can learn to live in. And the big idea that we sat in last week was this, that suffering is complicated. Everybody say, suffering is complicated. 
Suffering is complicated. It's complicated. And so we talked about this tension and this season. There's a lot of suffering happening both on individual levels and as a nation. There's isolation and there's anxiety and there's depression and there's racial tension and there's economic tension. There's just a lot of things going on right in front of us. And on top of that, you might have a lot of personal things happening that, that are not on a news feed. And so this is a, a consistent reality that we walk through. And the question was, how do we walk through it together and, and grow from it rather than just try to get out of it? And so today we're going to continue to press into that. What I want to introduce is kind of this, this concept, if you will. I don't know about you, but for me, especially in this season, man, there's a, a consistent tension since COVID shut everything down and moved everything online. Like everything we do is online, right? So you got Zoom meetings and you've got uh, uh, digital services and you've got uh, another Zoom meeting and you've got a lot of, of digital things happening and, and uh, all of our social media is up. And so if you're, if you're like me, uh, there's a lot of things that begin to take away your attention. And one of the challenges is I find that I'm consistently having a hard time giving the best of my attention and my energy and and uh, the best of myself to the things that matter most. And so today we're going to talk about the secret sauce, if you will, of reorienting our focus and giving ourselves to the most important things and, and how we can do that. And spoiler alert, alert the, the secret sauce, if you will, has nothing to do with Chick-fil-A sauce, although it probably should. So as we get into it, I'm going to introduce really the, the second thought of, of living in the messy middle, and that is to keep it simple. Everybody say, keep it simple. That's a really, really hard thing to do, but we also should recognize how necessary it is. I don't know if you knew this, but the average uh, Westerner, the average American today has an attention span of roughly seven to eight seconds. Some of you said, huh? Because you weren't paying attention, okay? So bring it back in. The average American has an attention span of roughly seven to eight seconds. Now, the reason that stat is so staggering is because a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. Friends, we are losing to goldfish, okay? And it's only getting worse. And so even right now, right, I mean, you're tuning in on Church Online and you're in a Zoom meeting and you're scrolling Facebook or you're on Instagram, or you're shopping on Amazon, right? Like, man, we are so distracted. And so we're going to focus on keeping it simple today. And so let's just pick up where we left off in verse 25 and we'll, we'll kind of get the context as we go into it. And so Paul is writing um, to this new baby church, and in verse 25 of uh, chapter 1, he, he, he just said right before this what we looked at last week. He said, hey, I'm in prison, and I'm suffering uh, for you as a representative of Jesus, as uh, someone who's helping lead the early church. He's in prison for his faith. He's in prison as a follower of Jesus. And so he says it's a joy to be able to represent Jesus in this capacity. And he goes on, and he says, God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. Now, pause for just a second. We're walking verse by verse through a letter. This is the intro. And so he's still building a pretty big foundation before he gets into super practical application. And so he says, hey, it's, it's a joy for me that God's given me the opportunity to share the entire message. I think it's unique that he uses the word entire rather than just like, hey, God has asked me to share this message with you. Why would he use the word entire? I, I think it's because there's a consistent human challenge, uh, there's, a, there's a danger, there's a, a temptation, a proclivity of the human race, if you will, to take what we like and to leave the things that we don't. There's a cultural pressure to take the, the parts of Jesus 
that we like. And, and that's the message he's talking about. We're going to see it in a minute. But there's a pressure to take like, the parts that we like and to leave the parts of Jesus that we don't like or to avoid or to, to, to dismiss the, the parts of Jesus that we don't like. And it doesn't take long. You, you might say, well, that's not me. And you might be tuning in. And you're not a follower of Jesus. And you're like, I don't even know uh, um, if this matters for me. Well, just think about it for a minute. Because even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you've seen someone do this and it'd be a really, really bad thing, and it really hurt a lot of people, where someone takes a part of Jesus, and they claim to represent Jesus, or represent God, or speak for God, or represent the Bible, and they, they do it to, to hurt people. It's how um, people you know, justified slavery in a season using the Bible. I mean, we do it to justify all kinds of actions, and you see people take and leave certain parts, what we like and what we don't like, to validate our actions. It's a, it's a consistent problem, and so Paul's going to say, hey, I'm giving you the entire message. Why? Because the message of Jesus is really, really simple, but, but you still got to take all of it or none of it. And so I don't know where you're tuning in on your spiritual journey. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus. Uh, maybe you've been doing it for a, a long time. Maybe you're a brand new Jesus follower. Maybe you're on the outside looking in. But I just want to propose today as we have this conversation that we're going to be invited to adopt the entire message. doesn't mean we have to like it all. doesn't mean we necessarily even agree with it all, but we can't pick and choose the parts of Jesus that we like. Now watch what he goes on. He says, hey, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. Specifically, he's talking about the Jews as he builds this conversation, and we'll see more of that in a minute. And he says, for God wanted them, that's God's people, the Jews, to know the riches and glory of Christ, that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. So pause for a second. I know that's a mouthful. To frame this up, to help you understand, I want you to imagine like a surprise party, okay? Imagine that, that God is, is going to throw a surprise party for humanity. And, and the Gentiles, I'm sorry, the, the Jewish nation and the Jewish people, like for a long time they were God's people. And it's like they were in the know. Have you ever been to a surprise party where like you were setting up a surprise party for someone else? And then when you get there, you throw the surprise party, but then you also surprise the person that was planning the party for the other person. Have you ever been to one of those parties? That's kind of what happened to the Jews, okay? They were like, uh, you know, there was this party that God was putting together, and there was going to be this awesome, like, thing coming, and, and, and it, it was called, like, the Messiah and the Christ. And, and so there was this anticipation of a party coming, and they thought it was just for them. And then what we're going to see is that in the background, God was inviting other people and preparing a surprise party to surprise them with. And so check this out. It's pretty funny. He says, hey, th this message was kept secret for a while. And, and people were asking, like, what, what does it look like? Like, what does it mean to be right with God? And what does it, I mean, what does it take to be God's people? And like, what kind of hoops do you have to jump through? And like, how do we know if, if, if he's for us? And, and, and it's really cool because he goes on and he says that God wanted God's people to know the riches and, and glories of, of Christ. It's maybe a better translation is the glorious riches of Christ. So I want you to think about, like, what is this present that going to be? Like, who, who's jumping out of the cake at, at the surprise party? Well, it's going to be Jesus. And so he's like, hey, God wanted them to know how awesome this gift was through Jesus for you Gentiles too. That's meaning if, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. So now he's speaking for all humanity. And he says, this is the secret. This is like part of the secret party. This is the secret sauce, if you will. This is what was coming out of the cake in the moment when God revealed this incredible plan to the world. And it was Christ living in you. It was Jesus. And, and, and like Jesus jumps out the cake. And you got to watch. Like Just imagine for a minute how, how mind-blowing this is, okay? Jesus shows up on the scene. 
He, he says he's the Christ. He's the one that, that, that God has sent. He's the anointed one. He's the one that's going to deliver God's people from all the brokenness around them. And what they don't recognize at the time is that he's also going to deliver them from the brokenness inside of them. And in the process, right, the whole time, the Jews thought that the party was for them. And it was. And they were invited. But then all of a sudden, Jesus starts inviting everybody else. And the Jews start to, especially, man, the religious leaders, they start to get really upset. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what are you inviting them for? Like, this is not their party. And all of a sudden, they're really upset because he's inviting people that they didn't think deserved to be at the party. And as this thing unfolds, it turns out that this was a surprise party, not just for the Jews, but for everyone. That, I mean, you got to think about this. Jesus says, hey, I, I'm, I'm God, and I've come to to set off this incredible secret that's been waiting for a long period of time. And so it's mind-blowing, right? Like, first you got God in a bod, right? Like, just right there in front of you, and they're trying to process that. And then Jesus unpacks this incredible secret, if you will, that, that he came for everyone, not just the Jews, that he lived for everyone, that he was going to die for everyone, that he rose again from the grave for everyone, and that, that the secret is now that anyone who trusts in Jesus, he lives in them, that everyone who trusts in Jesus, he now lives in them. So it's not just God in a bod, it's not God in front of me, it's not God beside me, it's not God above me, it's not God behind me, but now it's God inside of me. I mean, this is, this is mind-blowing, like all the access to Jesus Not just beside me, but in me, his heart, his mind, the way he would think, the way he would love, his power, all of it I have access to as a follower of Jesus. And so this is like absolutely incredible. And Paul's just trying to unpack it like, hey, this is a really, really big deal. Now, let me remind you, context, okay? This conversation is being framed up because sometimes life is difficult, like, like sometimes, like in, in light of suffering, in light of things not going your way, sometimes you can say and do all the right things, and you can still suffer. Have you noticed that? Like sometimes you can say and do all the right things and still not experience success as, as you thought you would experience it. Sometimes you can say and do all the right things and still not come out on top. Sometimes, sometimes you can say and do all the right things and, and still not have the experiential high that you thought. Like sometimes life is challenging. And you know, one of the challenges is that we live in a culture that conditions us to think that our, our performance is what determines our value. And so we're constantly predisposed to think that the better I perform, the more valuable I am. Well, Jesus enters, and the secret comes out, and the party is thrown, and everyone's invited, and Jesus jumps out of the cake, and in God's economy, he says, hey, it's not your performance that that dictates your value, but rather it's the performance of Jesus that's going to dictate your value. Because your performance and my performance is not going to be good enough, we're going to get to credit the performance of Jesus to our account by trusting in him. And so here's the challenge. That when it comes to life, because it's not consistently fair, because it's not consistently a, a, a mountaintop, we, we, we get in the mindset of, of like categories of winners and losers, right? And to quote the great theologian Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. Shake and bake, right? You with me? Okay? If you're not first, you're last. And so we have, a, we have a culture that thinks in terms of winning and losing. And if you're like me, man, you show up to win. Every game you play, you show up to win. And you think, how can I beat it? I'm going to overcome it. Every obstacle is an opportunity to overcome. And some of us are predisposed 
to, to trying to win no matter what. And others of us are, are predisposed to, to feeling like losers, that, that, man, I can't win and I won't win, and I'm just going to consistently show up short. Well, I want to propose a third category today when it comes to operating in the messy middle, when it comes to keeping it simple, and it's not focusing on being a winner or a loser, but rather to focus on being a worshiper. And here's what I mean by that. You can't always win. It's going to be on the slides here. You won't always lose, but you can always worship. You can't always win. I won't always lose, but I can always worship. Now, here's what I mean by that. Worship, let me just give you a simple definition. Worship is elevating someone or something to do for me what I can't do for myself. What that means is I'm giving all of my attention, all of my energy, all of my resources, all of my focus, all of my affection to someone or something in hopes that I'm going to come out on the other side full and satisfied and at peace and, and content. And, and the challenge is our, our human hearts and brains, man, we, we are wired to worship. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're constantly looking to pour ourselves out into something in hopes of a return of, of having a full life and a satisfied life. Now, our problem, and you, you know this because you and I struggle with it all the time, is we look to quick fixes to fill the holes and the gaps and the anxiety. And so it's, you know, we, we look to things to, like pleasure and and. Uh, things to numb the feelings or to distract from the feelings. And so we binge watch Netflix and we turn to substances and we turn to uh, uh, constant social attention and media to fill our hearts and minds so we don't have to think about what's going on on the inside. There's a consistent distraction of, of looking for something easy to fill the challenge going on. And here's what's interesting is when life is hard and when we're struggling and when uh, um, relationships aren't great and when we're isolated or we're depressed or we're anxious, all of that is amplified. Have you noticed it, right? Like, like, when I'm more stressed, I'm looking more to Netflix and more to that food and more to that substance and more to that relationship and more to that significant other to meet my needs. And, and the problem is those typically fall short. They, they last for a moment, and they don't always fulfill. And so Paul is saying, hey, just a reminder, like, when life is hard, the, the, the simple answer, just a reminder, the best news that God kept for a secret that he was planning to surprise all of humanity with was not just Jesus, but ultimately Jesus in you. Like everything you need. So here's what that means. When I choose to be a worshiper, instead of focusing on winning or being mad about losing, when I choose to be a worshiper, all that means is I, I'm just putting everything down and saying, all right, Jesus, I'm looking to you. That's it. And sometimes that means, Jesus, I'm here and I'm looking to you. I don't really want to be here. I, I don't even... I, I, I don't have it in me. That's all I got. I'm looking to you. But when I choose to be a worshiper, I'm, I'm looking to Jesus to do for me what I can't do for myself. And the challenge with suffering is we get short-sighted in the moment. The challenge when life is hard is, is we just want to make it stop. We want to fix it. We want to put the Band-Aid on it and move on. But he, he goes on. I think it's in the last verse right here. He, he ends this, this verse by saying, that Jesus being in you, it gives you assurance of sharing his glory. It gives you assurance or, or hope, if you will, of sharing in his glory. And what he's talking about is the, 
the aftermath, like after this life. Like when Jesus died, he didn't stay dead, but he rose from the grave. And so when you put your faith in Jesus and he takes up residence in you, you're not only a follower of Jesus, but you're given a hope after the fact that the same way that Jesus rose from the dead, that life is now in you. And so you don't fear death, but rather, you know, there's life after this life. And here's the deal. I was talking to my friend Bella the other day, and listen, amazing, amazing lady. She's a part of our team. Love her. And I found out the other day on Instagram that she ran 68 miles in one day. I don't want to drive 68 miles in one day. She ran it with her two feet. And, and I was asking her about, like, holy cow, like, that, that's unfathomable for me. I've never, I, I've never, I don't think I could run 68 miles if I was being chased by a lion. Like, that, that's amazing. And I, and I was asking her about, like, man, how, how, do you, how, how could your body be possibly in your mind? Like, how could you get through it? Like, there's got to be walls that you hit. And, like, how did you know, like, there, were, there was an end in sight, right? And I asked her, like, there was a finish line. There was a goal. And, and uh, she said, absolutely, right? There, there was a goal of ending. And she got to mile 64. And she said, at mile 64, you're not going to believe it. Lots of walls, like as it came. But at mile 64, it went from 80 and sunny to dark lightning and, a, and like a wind and sandstorm. She said it was so bad that like cars couldn't see where they were going. You couldn't see in front of you. And all of a sudden, it went at, at mile 64, not just a normal wall, but it went from a dust storm to raining sideways. <laughs> okay? On this 68-mile run, at mile 64, she's four miles from the finish line, and it's raining sideways to where they can't see in front of them. She's got a friend on a bike next to her, and they're just trying to get to the finish line. And so they had to take cover so they could know where they were going and not get lost. And as they took a slight break and take cover from the elements, man, she said everything in her body didn't want to finish. But she was so done. She was hungry, exhausted, and tired, and hurt her knee, and there's all kinds of things going on. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I said, what made you keep going? She's like, my friends reminded me that there was a finish line. My, my friends reminded me that there was somewhere that we were going. Like, like, we didn't start out to run 64 miles. We started out to, to beat this thing, to, to complete the entire race. And so she said that she got back out there after the weather cleared up a little bit and, and crushed those last four miles and, and just mind-blowing that she was able to finish. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. That's exactly what Paul is talking about, that our capacity to love others, our capacity to keep living, our capacity to keep giving, our capacity to keep serving, our capacity to keep uh, um, showing up when it's difficult, our capacity to live in the messy middle and love and live like Jesus is because there's a finish line. That right, Man, it might be raining sideways in the moment at times, but there's something on the other side that lets me know that I can keep going right now because there's something I'm looking forward to. Does that make sense? And so the, the incredible invitation, this, this simplicity is, hey, the secret sauce is just Jesus in you. Like, it's not as secret as maybe you thought. And watch what happens. Uh, he, go, he goes on, and I'll give you the third point of living in the messy middle. He says, hey, we got to work hard to keep it simple. Everybody say, keep it simple. Keep it simple. So ironically, we have to work hard to keep it simple. Isn't that funny? Like, we have to work hard to keep it simple, but it's so consistent and true for you and I. So watch what he says in verse 28 and 29. He goes on and he says, so, so the byproduct, like we have this incredible secret gift inside of us and this hope in front of us that lets us keep living for Jesus and loving like Jesus and serving like Jesus and spending time with Jesus. We have that in us. And he says, so 
We tell others about Jesus, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all, wisdom, with all the wisdom that God has given us, and we want to present them to God, perfect, or, or that word could be translated mature, in their relationship to Jesus. That's why I work and struggle so hard. This is Paul writing to this church. It's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. He said, man, I, I work so hard to keep it simple. He said, man, this, this incredible gift that we have that, that God unpacked in a surprise party when Jesus showed up on the planet, this incredible gift of Jesus living in us, man, we got to keep it focused and simple that that's all that we need. Paul's point is, listen, Jesus is all you need. Jesus is absolutely enough, not only to fill you, but give you the capacity to love and serve others. And so th this secret of Jesus throwing a surprise party, the, the big secret about it was that everyone was invited. That, that, that's like the crazy good news. And listen, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've already received your invitation, if you've already RSVP'd, if you will, then man, you gotta share it because it's not just a party for you, right? Like, like he's saying, hey, we, we gotta tell others about this incredible party that you've been invited to. And I think what happens sometimes is we look at Paul and we look at other people who who represent Jesus uh, in our spheres of influence, and we're like, oh man, they're a super Christian, and I, and I just, I, I, there's no way I could share the love of Jesus and represent, I, I, I just can't do it. Let me, let me just encourage you. Listen, Paul's not a super Christian. He, he has the same Jesus in him that I have in me that you have in you if you're a follower of Jesus. Right? I'm not any closer to God than you are. Jesus did the same for me that he's done for you if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, Jesus will do for you what he's done for me. There are no super Christians. It's just a super Jesus, okay? It's Jesus in you, and it's all that you need. And I think our minds are like, oh, man, it's like so big and daunting, and we get scared. But he's like, keep it simple. Like, Jesus is enough. And I think the challenge in this conversation is um, Paul, is, Paul, Paul uses the word of, of a calling, like th that this is something that, that he's giving his life to. And if you're like me, you like to treat things in like a job format, right? Like I check in, I clock in, and I clock out. The problem is following Jesus is not a job. It's a, it's a calling, and it's a lifestyle. And so just ask a mom who's got some little kids, right? Moms, do you, do you ever get to check out of, uh, of being a mom, right? Do you get to clock out at 5 o'clock and say, see you later, 2-year-old, see you tomorrow, 8 a.m., right? Like the life of a mom is not like that. It's, why? Because being a mom is a lifestyle. Being a follower of Jesus is a lifestyle. You don't get to clock in and clock out. You can't quit a job. It's a, it's a calling. It's something that you excitingly show up to. But the challenge is, like our moms who, who are exhausted from little kids, is you need energy and strength to keep showing up. You need energy and strength to keep loving and serving those around you. It takes energy and, and strength to give sometimes what you feel like you don't have. And so Paul is having the conversation of, man, we're working hard to help others grow and mature in their relationship with Jesus. But you and I, man, we, we, we know this, even though we don't always operate out of it. We, we can't give what we don't have. Are you with me? And so Paul is reminding us that we have this relationship with Jesus that fills us up and overflows into our relationships around us. And, and so just to remind you, uh, um, j just so that we're on the same page, um, here at City Church, if you're a part of this family, I, I just want to bring us back to the DNA of who we are. Our mission is to help people find their way to God from where they are. 
Our mission is Jesus' mission. It's not complicated. Jesus came to us. We didn't have to go to him. In the same way, we meet people where they are. We're not going to wait for them to come to us. That means that whatever it takes, as long as it takes, as much as it might cost me, that I'm going to spend time with Jesus so that I can live like Jesus and love like Jesus and serve like Jesus so I have the opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And, and I'm looking for opportunities and I'm praying for opportunities. And then when those opportunities show up, I'm acting on those opportunities. It's just that simple. Jesus in me starts to get out of me. Right? And so this is just part of the lifestyle that I'm living. And Paul's trying to bring us back to that simplicity. And the challenge, guys, is that we get intimidated and distracted from giving ourselves to the best things in front of us. And Jesus pointed it out. He said, listen, the only things that you guys need to focus on are loving God and loving people. That's it. Everything else is taken care of when we love God and love people. And so in this season, I, I had people asking me, I got a phone call this week of like, hey, you know, when is City Church opening back up? And, and uh, you know, wh what, is it, what does that look like? And it was a well-intended in phone call, but, but they were kind of shocked because we were like, hey, you know, we don't know yet, like, when we're allowed to open back up and when it's going to be good for, for, for our community and good for our city. And, and you know, safety is still our primary concern and taking care of, of uh, the people that are most vulnerable. I mean, man, we want to make sure that we're consistently taking care of people and they were like, wow, really? Like, these other churches already opened up. And, and, and I, they didn't represent our culture, and so I understand the questions. But I just want to bring you back to, like, the conversation in front of us, that we're married to our mission, not, not our model. Right? But Jesus didn't just call us to start a church. He definitely didn't just call us to start a weekend service, but he called us to reach a city. And so we're constantly evaluating the way that we love and serve others and the decisions that we make and the focus that we have based on the mission and the lifestyle that we're called to. And so we're not just asking the question, are we ready to get back together? We're asking the question, what's better for our community and what helps us accomplish our mission and what's the perceived outcome on the other side? Like, does it look like, oh, we're ready to get together because we just care about ourselves and we have a budget to meet? Or do we care about the health and the well-being of those around us? Now, for the record, I, I, I'm just helping you understand like, how we process things. We're running it through the filter of mission, and we're running it through the filter of what Jesus has in front of us. But, man, I just want to take a side note and say, man, if, if you call City Church your home and, and you're a part of this family, thank you. Like, like, oh, my goodness, thank you. Paul's saying he works so hard to help these people grow in their relationship with Jesus. And I want you to know myself and our team, man, we work hard to help you grow. And we are so committed to you. But I want you to know you make it so easy. Man, we love serving you. We love leading you. We love being a part of this family. Why? Because you're selfless and you get it and you care and you're willing to sacrifice your own comfort for the greater care of our community. You, you patiently allow myself and the other leaders on this team to process and navigate a season that, can, for the record, no one else in the history of humanity has ever had to do, right? So you're crazy gracious as we walk through these things and you're kind and you're understanding and, and, and man, we just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for that. Can you put your hands together on a little chat? Thank you, man. You, you guys are a pleasure to serve and lead. Now, here's what I want to, to help us wrap up with and, and really land on is, is, you know what's amazing is, is even while we're disconnected, I want you to know my heart longs to see you face to face, to check in on your soul and to know how you're doing. But here's what's amazing. Because of Jesus in you, and here's the simple part that Paul is pointing out, in this season, you can stay connected online, you can engage in a city group, 
and continue to have relationships there, and you can continue to live on mission where you are. Right? We're, we're no less the church when we're scattered as when we're gathered. We're the church no matter where we are. And so we prioritize gatherings. We love gatherings. We, we know they're crazy important for missional alignment and care and connection and growth, but we're also able to adjust to continue to serve our community and be a part of what Jesus is doing in the world around us. And so that's where we lead to our last point, and that is this, that it's all about Jesus. Everybody say it with me. It's all about Jesus. Paul is, I mean, he's hammering this, guys. Keep it simple. Work hard to keep it simple. What are we focusing on? It's just Jesus. It's Jesus in you, and that's enough to do everything that Jesus wants to do through you. And so he hammers it home in the last five verses of chapter 2. I'm sorry, in the first five verses of chapter 2 uh, by kicking off in verse 1. Here's what he says. Check it out. He says, hey, guys, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you or I, I have struggled for you and for the other church that he's writing to in Laodicea, and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want you to know Paul's, he, he's at a distance, and he's saying, guys, my heart is for you, and I'm working hard for you, and I'm praying hard for you, and my heart is struggling for you. And I want you to know as your pastor, man, that's where my heart is for you. And our team, man, we're for you, and our hearts are for you, and we're with you in this season and in this struggle. And he, and he says, hey, I want them, the ones that I'm writing to, to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. Let me ask you a question. Where does that come from? What does it take to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love? The only way that you're going to be encouraged and your hearts are going to be knit together is when you live life together. And so I'm begging you, listen to me. I am begging you, to stay plugged into a city group if you're already in one and prioritize that community. Or if you're not in a city group, guys, listen, I am begging you to get connected in community and to stay in community because it's good for your soul and it's good for the soul of others. The only way that we're going to be encouraged in this season and our hearts are going to be knit together, if you will, by strong ties of love is if we connect and stay connected. And so we value weekend gatherings, but because it's not an option right now, man, get connected in a city group. They meet throughout the week, and they're to serve you. And he goes on and he says, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Jesus in them, right? That we already, we already talked about that. He says, I want them to have confidence that they get this, like the simplicity of everything they need, and Jesus is already in them, which is Christ himself. In him, this is amazing, in Jesus lie, all, lie, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Check it out. Think of like a, a mining metaphor, okay? I, I doubt you've mined. I've never mined, to be honest with you, but, I, but I've seen people mine <laughs> on a movie, right? And so imagine like mining for gold. And you know how like, like the deeper you dig and you find a vein of gold and like the more you unearth and the more you unearth, the more those riches start to come out if you really started to tap into a vein that, that, that was full of wealth. In the same way, he's saying, listen, man, I, I want them to press into Jesus because he's in them and in him lie hidden, meaning there's more to unearth, there's more to dig out, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, everything you need is in Jesus. And he said, you just got to dig for it. And here's the beauty, like, get this, get this. He said, I spend time with Jesus and I'm digging more of that out. And the more I spend time with Jesus, you know what happens? The more I love Jesus. You know why? Because the more time I spend with Jesus and the more I dig, 
the more I realize how much he loves me. And the more I dig and the more time I spend with Jesus, the more I begin to love what he loves. And so then the more I, I, I dig into loving what he loves and I start spending time with people, you know what? I begin to mo learn more about God as I'm loving and serving people over here. And the more I dig, you know what it brings up? Loving God and loving people and loving God and loving people and every layer that I'm digging up, it's oh, a new layer of loving God and a new layer of loving people. And it's the same simple message over and over again and they're inexhaustible. That's the invitation. And that's what Jesus is wanting to do in and through you and I. And he goes on. Let me show you this last little bit. He says, hey, I'm telling you this. And this is where we're going to start to see some of next week's uh, conversation enter. So that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Arguments that, that make sense on the front end, but that, that they seem to be true, but they're not. He says, I'm telling you this, I want you to stay with Jesus because, listen, there's currents that come in life, like, like just imagine you're in a river and there's a strong current that comes and it pushes you in a direction you don't want to go. He's saying, man, there's, there's this current that we're living life with Jesus in and every now and then a strong current comes your way that's going to try to push you away or pull you away from Jesus and the life of Jesus. And he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm just, I'm reminding you. Right there, there's one vein. It's, it's all about Jesus. It's only Jesus. It's always going to be Jesus. And him living in you is absolutely enough. And him living in the community around you is exactly what you need to live the life that he's called you to live, everything you need. And so he says, hey, don't be deceived. The way you do that is by pressing into Jesus and other people. For though I'm far away from you, my heart is with you. Guys, listen, my heart is with you. And I'm praying for you. And I rejoice <laughs> that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. Can I just say how grateful I am for you? That, that with confidence, I hear incredible stories of the, the family at City Church living on mission and loving and serving well and giving sacrificially and making a difference in the world around them. You're a joy to lead. You're a joy to lead, so thank you. So here's the question. How, how do we continue to mature and grow? How do we stay focused? How do we keep it simple? I'm going to give you three questions to reflect on. Or, or rather, three action steps, and I'll ask the questions. The, the first one is, is listen to, to God's voice. Like, if I'm going to continue to grow and impress into Jesus in me, working through me, man, I've got to listen to God's voice. And in an age of distraction and when lots of things are happening, sometimes my ears get deaf to God's voice because of the amount of distraction and noise around me. So I gotta prioritize my God time and I gotta press in and I gotta ask my question like, how's my learning going? How's, how's my relationship with Jesus going and am I listening? The second thing if I wanna grow is that I gotta pray for discernment. I gotta pray for discernment. Like, listen, healthy discernment is, is a challenge, and so you gotta ask God to help you interpret what you're seeing in front of you. Newsflash, not everything that you read or see on the internet is true, just for the record. And so, so when it comes to loving and serving well, it requires discernment. Jesus, tell me your heart. Help me to understand how you would respond. Help me to understand where you would show up in love. And as Daniel comes up and, and we close out, I want you to process what you're learning with someone. Process with your what you're learning with someone. Do you have healthy relationships? Right, like who, who are you processing and, and learning what God is doing in your life? With? Like, like who are you with? Who's keeping you accountable? Who's checking on your soul? 
And you can't do this together. You can't grow alone. You can't mature alone. You've got to have other people in the game with you. So Jesus in you is enough. Jesus in you is absolutely enough. But Jesus in you is going to drive you toward community, not away from it. And so I don't know where you're tuning in. I don't, I don't know where you are on your spiritual journey. Uh, I, I realize, like, as we walk through this, there's a lot of pieces that might be heavy on your heart. And so can I just ask you to reflect for a moment? Like before, before we do anything else, can I just ask a question? Like, man, do you know? Like, like is Jesus in you? It's, it's not a feeling you got to look for. It's not, it's not a list of do's and don'ts that you got to follow. It's simply a moment in time where you have made a decision to put your faith, or, or a better way maybe to help you understand it is to, to simply trust in Jesus that he was who he said he was, that he did what he said he was going to do. And that by trusting in him, not only will he save you and set you free, but he'll make you right with God and, and change you from the inside out. Paul says in another letter that anyone who puts their faith in Jesus is a brand new person. So is Jesus in you? And if he's not, man, I want to encourage you. Man, what, what's stopping you from making that decision? The best decision I ever made was at 15 when I gave my life to Jesus. I, would, I didn't know Jesus. I wasn't looking for Jesus. But man, he was looking for me. And he's looking for you. And you're invited. You're invited into God's family. You're invited into this family. And maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you're tuning in and you've been wrestling through the age of distraction and you've been wrestling through this difficult season and maybe you've relationally distanced yourself. Maybe you've devalued community for a season. Can I encourage you to elevate the value of community in your life? Would you make it a, a, a purpose this week to get connected to a city group? or to reconnect if you haven't been, or maybe you're on the outside and you haven't connected to the community, man, would you use the connection card and, and text the word new to the number on the screen, and would you say, man, I, I want to get connected in community and stay connected? Man, wherever you are, we're here to serve you, we love you, and we want to walk with you in this season. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time or you want to know more about what that means, you can also text the word follow to the same number on the screen. And I'm going to pray for us as we close out. God, thank you so much for the incredible surprise that was Jesus. Thank you for this incredible gift of not, of not just Jesus in our place for our sins, but then Jesus in us. Man, will we keep it simple? Will we not let it be cliche, but will we press in and wake up every morning and say, all right, Jesus, I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you. Help me to learn, help me to grow, help me to, to listen, help me to act, help me to love, help me to serve. I'm looking to you. And Jesus, would you use the community around us to help us grow and keep us accountable? Would you move us toward action? It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in, guys.